Hi, I'm Justine Elliott, creator and host of What The Am I Doing and Other Questions, a podcast for therapists. Join me and special guests as we chat about the ins and outs of therapy practice. Remember to follow us on Instagram at What The Am I Doing Podcast and subscribe to get notified of all of our future episodes. Right. Well, welcome to our next episode of What the Am I Doing and Other Questions. I'm your host, Justine Elliott. Today, we've got a special guest who I'm very excited to bring on, and that is Tila Tomasetti. Hi, Tila. Hi, Justine. Thanks for having me on. Hi. I'm so excited to pick your brain and and learn about all of these uh, great things you know about birth trauma. Um, but please introduce yourself, Tila. Who are you? You know, what are you? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so my name is Tila and I'm a registered provisional psychologist here in Alberta, Canada. And I'm also a doctoral student who's doing that through California University. And I run an account called At the T on Birth Trauma. So that is the area of specialty for me. And I've been a therapist though for 17 years now, specializing in trauma work. So anywhere from domestic violence to sexual assault to tragic losses or childhood sexual abuse. So it's only been the last uh, couple of years that I've switched gears and now this is my specialty. Oh, cool. Okay. So years of experience in, in the area of trauma, but like you said, more of a specialized interest in, uh, especially birth trauma. That's your expertise at this point. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, I'm really interested. I know we were talking before we got recording and I'm just, I'm excited to learn because this is an area that, um, I don't know a lot about, so I'm really excited for us to get into it. Yeah. And Justine, you're not alone in that. So I'll even out myself and say that it was only, you know, I may be doing trauma work for a really long time, but it was only a few years ago that I was actually introduced to birth trauma. And that was actually my best friend went through the experience. And I remember sitting across from her and her sharing with me um, how terribly her birth had went and how that impacted her life. And she sat there in tears with me. And I said, why is no one talking about this? Mm. And she said, I don't know, because it happens to so many people that it's really silenced. And so I started to look into the research and I promised her that I would dedicate my doctoral project to her. I was like, Mm. you know what? I want to figure out why no one's talking about this yet. It impacts one in three. So the research says one in three women and up to 45% of women describe their births as traumatic. That's massive. That's a huge population. And yet it's like cloaked in silence. And so um, I decided to dedicate my doctoral project to that. And then little did I know that I would end up with my own birth trauma, which led me to run that account. So it's, it's been kind of like an interesting journey with Mm -hmm. me and this topic that not too many therapists know about. Yeah. Yeah. Which is shocking. Like you said, when you think of those stats, I mean, 45% is getting close to half, half of women, you know, describing their birth as as traumatic. That's shocking that we don't have more, you know, specialists or just, you know, general knowledge on that. Right. Yeah. 
And my hope is that that will change. I think it's, it feels like a very intimidating topic for therapists because it's not something that they're used to hearing about. But I think that if you ask specific questions and maybe we'll get into this later on in the therapy room, you're going to start to hear a lot more of your, you know, uh, women or parents or birthers, whatever language we want to use for today, um, speaking to that. And you're going to go, oh, wow, this is, this really is happening a lot more than I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. And I could see when we aren't asking about it, when we aren't aware of it, we're probably not bringing it up with our clients, right? We're not, we're not asking questions about it or curious about it. And yet those statistics indicate that there is, you know, there's probably a number of clients who we see who have gone through that experience that we aren't, we aren't asking about that. We aren't bringing it up and then we might not know about it. And that might actually be impacting them. Yes. And because no one encourages them to talk about it. I don't know, Justine, uh, your story. I don't know if you have any children, but, you know, in parenthood, we're really encouraged to um, be nothing but happy and grateful for whatever experience we're facing, whether it's through the pregnancy or the birth or the postpartum period. Mm. And that if we speak to that, then we're seen as ungrateful and really discouraged from talking about it and so I think that's also why we're not seeing it as much in the therapy rooms is because people are very nervous to speak to that they don't want people to think that they're ungrateful or don't love their baby you know you can hate your birth experience and love your baby with everything inside of you and we have to often hold that dichotomy in birth trauma work yeah 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 I've heard uh, you know a number of my clients mention that that there's, there's this shame and this guilt of if I speak about that experience in, in reality, it was negative or there was negative aspects to it, or it was traumatic in a form it's, you know, they're ashamed to admit that and, and don't want to necessarily go there or they don't feel comfortable maybe, you know, disclosing that part of their story. Yeah. Yeah. And so keep your ears open in the therapy room for that shame monster to show up and that guilt monster and really get curious about what may be driving those two really toxic emotions to show up. Right. Yeah. 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 I think it's important to, yeah, be almost like you said, keep your ears open, listening for those pieces that might indicate this client's been through some form of birth trauma and, um, you know, being aware of it and asking, right. Bringing it up, being the person who is going to ask those questions. Yeah, it can be that simple as like, how was your birth experience? What was that like? Um, And then also normalizing that not everyone has a a really great experience. I think Mm -hmm. you see those two sentences alone, Mm -hmm. uh, that person sitting across from you is going to go, okay, this is someone who's safe enough to disclose that no, it didn't go as I had hoped and dreamed and wished. Yeah, yeah, because birth trauma, like regular trauma is subjective. And so it's in the eye of the beholder. And so I can tell you all kinds of things that cause it. I think I did a post um, a, a couple months back and there was around 50 causes that mm. I'm, I'm aware of. And that's a long list and that's not all of them. But right. what's important is that when that person is starting to describe it, to not go with your interpretation of what might be traumatic during a birth, but instead mm. to listen to what they are saying is really the impact in that space, whether it's in the hospital or at home or a birthing center. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, listening for their experience and yeah, you know, knowing that trauma is subjective, that, you know, something that might look objectively okay or 
you know, we wouldn't describe as traumatic could be subjectively experienced as traumatic for that person. You know, I'll never forget, actually, it's just coming to me right now, the, the very first time I was ever on a podcast, it was this, mm. these two doctors out in BC, and they have this podcast called She Found Motherhood. And they, one of the doctors was sharing how she would go through these experiences with her patients mm. and think that it was a successful day's work where she was just like, that was an awesome birth. That was great. That was wonderful. And that she would be left so confused later when the patient would tell her how traumatic that experience was and that it was really eye opening for her because again, what we may think was a really good experience because baby was healthy Right. Like always the thing. Well, was baby healthy? How's baby doing? Right. And so I think it's just, we really need to be aware of our own biases when we go mm. into that room around what we think a good birth looks like. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I could see how that would be easy to jump to the end result is the baby was okay, but yeah. not looking at the psychological impact of that experience on, you know, the birther, on the, you know, even just the person who's a partner there, right? Mm. There's a lot more than just a body, right? <laughs> it was, yeah. It was me, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. And I want to touch on some of the terms we're going to use in this podcast. And um, I think it's important we kind of make that very clear about, you know, why we're using those terms. So, Tila, just kind of fill us in about why would we use the term birther and partner? Yeah, so I was so excited to email about this with you before this even began, because I think it's eye opening for quite a few people, which is that um, we're trying to move away from always using the language of women, mm. because it's not just women that give birth, right. it is also trans men, mm. and it is also non binary folks. And so what we've done over the years uh, because, you know, we didn't know better and now we do know better. And so, you know, we know, what is that saying of like, when you know better, you do better. And right. so now we know that there are so many different kinds of parents that exist out there. And so the term birther is very inclusive mm. and it doesn't, so I still use mama, mother, women, and I, you will constantly hear me say birther. And especially when it's a new client sitting in front of me is that that is the language I'm going to going to use until they identify in a different way. Right. And I think what we do is that we allow people to really connect to their experience, to feel included and to feel heard and valued as mm -hmm. well. So I think language, I'm a narrative therapist at heart. So I do EMDR and all that good stuff, but I'm a narrative therapist through and through. And so That's language is very important to me to ensure a sense of safety is established with my clients. Mm. That's the way I view language in the therapy room. Yeah. And so, yeah, birther. So I would encourage you to adopt that language for yourself and then adjust to what the client starts to use for themselves and yeah. partner as well is that we know that families look uh, very different than what maybe we thought of them decades ago in terms of a nuclear family of a man, a woman, and two children. Right. Now families are, you know, lesbian couples and gay couples and queer couples. And um, yeah, so the term partner really allows us to remember that there is all kinds of families that exist out there and we can't assume mm. and that's really damaging in that space when we say like oh your husband or right. your boyfriend and it's like we can really shut people down and silence them with the language that we use and yeah. so let's be inclusive yeah 
No, I love that. Yeah. And I so appreciated that when you, you know, we were emailing back and forth about using those terms. And I think you're right. I mean, to, you know, really call it as it is, is the birther is the birther person giving birth, right? And, and the partner is the partner who is supporting their birther, right? You know, it allows for that, you know, openness of, you know, whether they identify differently, or it's just a different looking family, right? There's, you know, so many different structures in our world now that, um, you know, we need to be aware of, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that not every birther has a partner. Right. I think we got to yeah. remember that too. You know, 50% of births are unplanned. That's a legit statistic. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that leaves the birther single parenting as well. So it's important not to even assume that they have a partner when they walk in, right. but instead ask the questions and um, allow them to respond. Yeah. Yeah. And I also love how that partner doesn't have to be a romantic Mm -hmm. person, right? When it's that, that term, it can be, you know, someone who supported you through your birth, but, you know, is not necessarily always the romantic partner, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. So we'll be using those terms. And like you said, you kind of, you know, you expand it based off of what the client identifies as, right? Um, But in this podcast, we'll be referring you know, to those individuals in those two terms. Um, Even when you talk about just to add Justine, sorry, mm -hmm. like around breastfeeding, you know, the the language around that is now chest feeding because Mm -hmm. thing, you know, trans men can feed their babies. And so, um, yeah, that's another term in the birthing community that we try to use often is chest feeding. Yeah. 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 If that's what they're doing, right. Because a lot of parents are also formula feeding as well. So, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I think it, like you said, when we know better, we do better. So when we know that there's differences we need to make in our language, the terms that we use, I think it can really expand and include people and make them feel safe when we're using those, um, those inclusive terms. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, you know, we've kind of talked about birth trauma, but you know, do you have a, a definition, Tila? Like what would be described? What is birth trauma as a whole? Like what is that including? Yeah. So I have to circle back to that it's subjective. So there's no concrete. I think sometimes as therapists, we need that black and white in a box. Like, here we go. Here I have it. It's tangible. Mm-hmm. No, birth trauma is not that. Right. So as shared, there's over 50 different causes. So you're looking for, again, their description of what that experience was like. Mm-hmm. And so birth trauma can take place during conception, during the pregnancy and postpartum mm-hmm. and during the actual act of birth itself. And so there's a lot of different causes for it. There's, I'll name a few just to share, mm-hmm. just to give you an idea. And if you're a therapist wanting to work with this, you definitely need to get comfortable with knowing what those causes are. So there's a, an emergency or a standard cesarean section can cause mm-hmm. trauma, an excessive postpartum hemorrhage, obstetric and midwifery violence, preeclampsia, help syndrome, racism, lack of communication, lack of pain management or consent, like the list hysterectomy, like there's just so many different things that can lead people to feeling and living in that state of trauma. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, and some of those, like you said, they almost, they're medical terms or procedures that I think you're right. We need to be familiar with, but even just, you know, other things like racism, you know, poor pain management, right. There seems to be so many things that can cause birth trauma that, um, you know, are unique to that experience. Mm -hmm. You know, right now in Western Canada, there's an epidural shortage. 
Mm. And so I was recently, uh, what was it, CTV? I was on CTV talking about how one of the concerns I have with this epidural shortage is that it's going to increase the rates of birth trauma. And the reason for that is not just because of the lack of pain management, but because at the very root of this shortage is the fact that choice is being taken from people. Right. And their autonomy and their independence. And you take that from people and those that is breeding the grounds, the foundation for birth trauma to exist. Right. Because often what people speak to is that it wasn't necessarily an exact event that took place. It was more so how they were made to feel. So one of the biggest statistics that's leading the research that I'm doing and that is really uh, the fire in my belly is that mm. 66% of those birthers state that at the very root of their birth trauma was the treatment or mistreatment by a provider. Wow. So that means that 66% of this is preventable. Right. And so, you know, encouraging providers in a moment, say with the epidural shortage, if we're staying on that to really put themselves in the shoes of the birther who's mm. walking in scared and upset and angry that parts of the birth trauma or like their birth plan was taken from them. Right. And so meet them with compassion and empathy and warmth and understanding, which is really the bare minimum in my right. with care, then we are going to decrease those rates of birth trauma, despite them not being able to get the epidural. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What an interesting statistic. And, and, and in a way it's devastating to hear, but I also think it provides this, you know, beacon of hope that there are steps and things that could be done that could prevent, um, or decrease that, right. It's, it's about the treatment that, you know, these birthers experience, you know, with whoever they're, you're being supported by and, you know, how important that is for, you know, those providers to be aware of, right. Yeah. It makes me so sad, that statistic, and it excites me. So talk about dichotomy, because it's like, it really devastates me and my own birth trauma that I'm that 66% for sure. And it, there, there's something we can do about it. And that's really exciting. Yeah. And so it's, it's one of the things that I'm trying to work hard on creating awareness around and mm -hmm. future programming around is how do we do better? Yeah. 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 Again, that when we know better, we do better, right? When we know the statistic, when we know it's about the treatment that these birthers are experiencing, how do we then use that per to propel, uh, you know, movement in the field, right? Yeah, yeah I'm excited to do that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I'm sure, I mean, your Instagram is full of fantastic information. You doing your doctorate, I'm sure there will be, um, you're just kind of stirring up this field, you know, in terms of awareness, but also change, right? Thanks, Justine. <laughs> of course. So um, we're going to focus today on the birther and, you know, we're going to do another podcast on the partner. So I'm curious, you know, I, I think we can make some assumptions about how birth trauma might impact the birther, but kind of give us an idea, maybe statistic wise or just symptom wise, how, how does birth trauma impact the person who's giving birth? Yeah, it's um, a pretty big impact. Mm. One of the things to compare it to is, is trauma, basic trauma, mm. kind of our standard trauma that we know that I feel like most of us therapists are really get that idea of what mm. trauma looks like. So the symptoms that you're going to look for in your room are very similar to that. So it's nightmares, it's intrusive mm. thoughts, it's 
you know, flashbacks and issues with sex and intimacy and the struggle to bond with baby and the shame and guilt that's present and avoidance. Mm-hmm. So if you're really familiar with trauma, I want you, my hope is that as a therapist, you start to feel a bit more confident to be able to identify birth trauma in the room as well. So as new parents, you'll often hear them say, oh, I'm not sleeping, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's really easy as providers to chalk that up to, oh, it's just a new parent. Okay, it's just a new parent. I would still dig around in that. Mm-hmm. Is it, is it just because a baby is waking you up and you'll hear them go, actually, no, it's because mm. I'm so scared that something's going to happen to them or they're going to wake up and not be breathe or like, uh, like not wake up and not be breathing. And, um, you know, I, I close my eyes and I start to flash back to that moment, mm. um, during birth or when my baby was taken from me to the, you know, the NICU, that's another big, big cause um, of birth trauma is when the baby ends up in the neonatal intensive care unit, whether that was for an hour or whether that was for a hundred days, right. it doesn't matter. The impact is tremendous. And so get curious about things like sleep issues, get curious about why someone's being so hard on themselves as a parent and mm-hmm. saying things like, I can't do anything right. And I'm a failure. And I feel like I'm letting my baby down. And when you're hearing statements like that, I would, again, the leading question can be, what was your birth experience? Like, what was pregnancy like? Mm-hmm. You know, because again, that birth trauma can start um, in that period as well. Um, you know, what was postpartum like? Can you describe it to me? What were some of the challenges you were facing? And mm-hmm. I really want to normalize that it's okay to feel challenged as a parent. You're new at this. It's okay to feel like you don't know what you're doing. And mm-hmm. tell me more about that. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So those are some of the symptoms I would say to watch out for. Yeah. Yeah. Almost those, like you said, those typical new parent kind of symptoms that might be chalked up to that but could really actually be caused by trauma, right? You know, not to skip over that and just go, you know, make that assumption. Oh, it's just new parenting, right? Instead, be really curious and, and, you know, and open to having that conversation about, you know, what does that look like? Why aren't you sleeping? You know, what's actually underneath that? Definitely. And I always like to say to clients when I'm asking them tough questions that might feel judgmental that, Mm -hmm. you know, these questions I'm about to ask, they're really coming from a place of warmth, but also curiosity because Mm -hmm. this parenthood thing is so like complicated and complex. And so I want you to know, I'm not judging your experience Mm -hmm. at all, that there's no perfect way to do this, that I'm really just curious. I want to know more about what you may be facing at this time. Right. So yeah, just coming curiosity rather than judgment and mm-hmm. naming that for clients. I think you'll just see their shoulders relax in the room, right? Where they're like, okay, I'm not being judged that I'm a bad parent. Right. So I say to people, you're not a bad parent, you're a parent in pain. Mm-hmm. There's a very big difference there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and even, you know, willing to have that conversation. I think I often, I often hear, and I have personally experienced you know, sometimes within the medical field or, you know, when we do those checkups after, you know, after giving birth that there isn't always a conversation about mental health or how are you doing or what is actually underneath some of this stuff going on, right? Is it just baby's not sleeping and you aren't sleeping either because of that? And that's the only reason, or is there underneath causes to this that really need attention? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Get curious. 
Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That'll be our mantra for, <laughs> for this episode. Be curious, right? Or get curious. Yeah. Yeah. And when you know better, you do better. Because yes. Oh, that one too. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have several quotes. Yeah. We'll have, we'll have merch after this. T-shirt yes. Yeah. Have. Yeah. Little, uh, little hats. We'll just walk around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so obviously I know we've kind of dabbled in this already that it's, you know, this is obviously an important subject for, you know, and topic for therapists to be aware of, you know, there's lots of statistics to support that, but, you know, is there anything else as to why, you know, the therapists of the world, no matter what field you're in, you should be aware of birth trauma. You should know about it. You should, you know, learn about it. I love that question. Cause one of the first things to come to mind is the amount of racism that exists in our world. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, that birth trauma doesn't discriminate, but it is racist. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I just want to touch on that today because I think as therapists, when you have a parent coming into the space that is a person of color, Mm -hmm. you need to probe even further into birth trauma because the statistics around this are very upsetting. Mm -hmm. And I, my, my hope is that they do disturb people is that Black and Indigenous women are four times more likely to die from pregnancy-related complications. Wow. So that isn't just an American statistic. That is a Canadian statistic as well. Wow. Wow. So people are dying, and people are dying often. Mm. And um, these these people are typically women of color. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think that speaks volumes about what is taking place in our world. And um, so when you have a person of color sitting in front of you, I really hope that you create the space to talk about that and to um, name that racism takes place during birth. Right. And that usually looks like completely dismissing the person, mm-hmm. um, a lack of communication, not gaining consent, mm-hmm. doing things against their will to absolute violence. So I have, you know, research showing this. I have clients and followers speaking to um, the amount of racism that goes on in that space. Wow. In what is supposed to be such a sacred space. Right. Like, and, and it's never okay, racism. And then here is this person doing an incredible act of giving birth and yeah. they're being spoken down to or racial slurs or yeah, just completely dismissed, not being believed about the pain that they're experiencing and that they need help or support. Um, Cervical checks just being done, you know, sexual assault taking place in those moments too. Like, um, yeah, it's it's something that needs to be talked about more. And I notice it on other birth trauma accounts even, and I'll call them out, I have no problem doing that, that they're not talking about it. You Mm -hmm. cannot talk about birth trauma and not talk about the racism that exists. Right. Yeah. 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 That statistic is terrifying. And I think you're right. I mean, I assumed it was, you know, we've heard a lot of that maybe in the media, but that American statistic, but knowing that's a Canadian statistic and knowing that, you know, some of those experiences, you know, are horrifically racist. Right. And like you said, it, it, you know, never racism is racism is never okay, but in a birthing experience where you're so vulnerable, right, and you're so at the will, I think of you know the medical or just whoever's supporting you. You during that, right? You're at such a peak of vulnerability that um, that's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it is. 
And so if there's any way of getting partners on board with like, mm -hmm. I think, you know, the area I'm going with in my head now is a, a lot around prevention and like how, and I'm not, I'm not putting the onus on the birther to figure this out. It's not, it's not their job. It's mm -hmm. the same as saying to a sexual assault survivor, um, like that they need to dress differently and just be really cautious and carry their keys in their hand as a weapon and bear mace and like, no that yeah. that's not where the problem is right mm. so i'm i'm looking to providers in this to say like what is your role in this how can you do better um yeah. how can you meet the bare minimum requirements and uh, going back to the racism that exists in birth trauma there's so much right. uh, that provided this all on them right in yeah. that moment so that isn't even 66 percent, right that's all mm -hmm. of it in that moment of racism is on the provider standing in front of them yes mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Well, and I, I think when we think providers, I often with birth, you think the medical staff, the people who are there at the birth. But I, I also think with birth trauma being throughout pregnancy at conception, you know, beyond birth, right. Postpartum, you know, therapists are providers, you know, we're part of that grouping of people. Um, and we really need to, I think sometimes, you know, look at ourselves as part of the problem, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, right? Um, and and like you said, be very cautious and aware and, and aware of the things that can happen within birth trauma and calling those out, right? Not just being, you know, willfully unaware of it and just assuming, right? One of the biggest suggestions that I'd like to offer people is to avoid toxic positivity in the room. Mm -hmm. It's one of the biggest things that I like to take on and challenge is this idea of like, at least, at least, at least, what language of like, well, at least the baby's healthy, at least you were in the hospital for too long. Oh, mm -hmm. at least you recovered now, like your scars recovered from the cesarean section. And all it does is minimize and silence people's experiences. Right. And so I cannot count how many times I've been told by a client mm. went to somebody else first, um, their therapist using toxic positivity mm. and just trying to focus on the positive aspects. And when we do that, we completely rob people of their voices. And so I hope that therapists stop doing that. <laughs> like, you know, you there is, there, there isn't a silver lining. Okay. Yeah. There isn't. Yes, the baby is, and babies don't always live. You know, that's another cause of birth trauma is stillbirths. Mm. And so, like, there is not a silver lining here. You do not have to help your client to find it. That's not how we help people to heal. Instead, it's actually sitting. I'm going to say shit because I like the name of your podcast. So I'm going to assume it's okay to say shit. <laughs> Yes, it is. Yes, you have to sit in the shit with them mm. and and just hold space in that way and not be like, okay, well, how about we reframe this? And how about we just see it in a different way? It's like, yeah. no, this was their experience. Let's let's give it some space. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it, you know, when I think about I do some trauma work, but I also do work with grief. And that is huge in grief work, is this idea that it's like, well, at least you're alive, or at least you have your kids or at least like, you know, all those toxic things that, that, like you said, they, that doesn't heal reframing something. There is no silver lining. It is sitting in the shit of, you know, the awfulness of this. Right. Um, and being okay with that. Right. And, and allowing that person also to be held and, and know that you're going to sit there with them. 
right? Yeah. They're not alone, right? No. And Justine, hearing that you do grief work, um, this may also help you and other therapists who usually specialize in grief to feel a bit more confident in working with this population because where there is birth trauma, there is a ton of grief and loss. Mm -hmm. And so that's actually what they speak to in the therapy room is that they're going to say like the loss of my birth plan, the loss of getting to feed baby right away, the loss of getting to hold baby right away, the loss of like the hopes and dreams that I had, um, the loss of my physical health afterwards because of all that transpired. Like it's a cascade of loss. Right. And, and it's a ghost that they're living with every day. And that ghost is themselves because we lose ourselves in birth trauma. Um, we disappear, we go to another realm. And so we're left with kind of like the ghost of who we used to be. So there's so much, there's so much loss. Totally. Yeah. 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 I can see that. Right. And, and even when, you know, I've had people say to me, even within like pregnancy, right. Sometimes there's this hope or expectation that their pregnancy looks like I kind of think of it as like the Instagram photo of flowers and daisies and you know we're <laughs> we're sitting in a field of roses or something and, and and I mean there's so many experiences that people have that are totally different and that can almost be this this loss right of this expected experience or like you said a birth plan that does not go that way right mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 okay mm-hmm. so I know you've and I I I like the word dabble today, apparently, but we've, we've, you know, you've given us lots of pockets of things of what therapists can do and, you know, what they should be aware of, you know, all of those pieces, but I really want to kind of center our, our ending conversation on that. So, you know, maybe it comes to techniques, trainings, or maybe it's just a general awareness, knowledge, things to remember, you know, what are ways therapists can, can support a birther as a client? Um, I think by helping them to define their experience and uh, really allowing the space for them to do that. So don't name it, don't name it for them, because again, what you might think was traumatic, right? They may describe this horrible excessive postpartum hemorrhage where they almost died. And that wasn't the worst part for them. Mm. The worst part was the provider's treatment right before it took place. So it's like, again, uh, ensuring that we're not naming the experience for people, but helping them to define their experience, uh, for EMDR works wonders. It really does. It's been such like a blessing yeah. in the space that I work in. And so, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go back to how important being a narrative therapist is because mm-hmm. I do EMDR differently in terms of, I'm not rushing my clients through those phases. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, it's not even that I'm overly spending time and resourcing. What I need to do first for that individual in front of me is hear their story. Mm. It's one of the most powerful gifts you can give a birth trauma survivor is actually just listening to their story, validating it, validating their experience. And just again, like sitting in it with them. Mm. And so I spend a lot of time ensuring that they feel heard before I move into the processing of it. Because another thing that a lot of clients have shared with me about their experiences with past therapists Mm -hmm. is that they'll get hesitant when they hear I do EMDR and they'll go, oh, I don't think I want to do that. And they'll say, what happened with your last experience? Mm -hmm. And they'll say, well, like I just immediately jumped into it and I didn't feel any better. And I'm like, it's because we weren't listening to your story. Right. And so listen to the story, not just through the assessment period, but really just 
put EMDR to the side, listen to their story, mm. get them to a place where they feel like they've really been heard and then move into EMDR. Yeah. 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 So those, like when it comes to like more of the technical stuff, because I know us therapists like that, yeah. that's what I suggest. Get to know their story and then move into the other techniques. Yeah. Um, CBT has long since been used with trauma. I don't know how well it works with birth trauma because yeah. again, it feels dismissive. Mm. It, the therapist in the role of the expert that's not what these people need after already having their autonomy choice consent those things robbed from them and that's the last thing they need is more people telling them what to do right so i i don't i use um it sometimes or when they're further along into their healing journey to be able to help them to challenge certain distorted thoughts Mm. Um, but i'm not big on cbt personally for birth trauma survivors yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's hard to, yeah, use CBT or something that is such a cognitive based therapy when, you know, birth trauma is, you know, when we know trauma is so much of, it's a holistic experience, right? It's your emotions, your body, right? You're not just focusing on the thoughts itself um, that need to be addressed. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and compassion focused therapy is the other one that I use in the space. So I'm big on helping people to challenge that inner self-critic mm. and to develop uh, a strong se- sense of self-love because so many birthers after this experience are missing that. They right. stop loving themselves. In fact, they're hating themselves at, at the point when I usually see them is that they feel like they have failed, that their body failed, that they failed in this experience mm-hmm. and this first chapter into parenthood. So um, those are, yeah, the modalities that I really like to to use in that space. Yeah, oh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, even those pieces around how you structure EMDR, right? And and I, you know, similar to you with, with some of my grief work is sometimes you're just, like you don't have a choice because that person sometimes comes in is just so wanting and almost spilling over with wanting to share that story. And I often, you know, ask myself as a therapist, you know, what is, what is this client needing? You know, is it more important that I, you know, steam ahead with what I, my agenda, what I think was going to work, or is it more important that I recognize what they're, what they're bringing to the room, right? Are they spilling over wanting to tell a story? Let's do that. right? Let's hear that. Let's talk about that instead of needing to just, like you said, kind of rush ahead with some sort of treatment. Right. Yeah. I think new therapists, especially just slow down, breathe, (laughs) right? Our best tool is just sitting in it with them and, and really listening. Yes. Uh, Not, yeah. Not having that noise in the background of like, Oh, I need to meet this goal or need to do this technique or like, Mm. no, that's not what they're going to remember. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to almost the experience of birth trauma. A lot of it is a felt experience. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of times therapy done well is the felt experience, right. You know, oftentimes, uh, you know, I've heard people even say that, that, you know, it's not necessarily, well, they use this one specific technique that exactly worked this way. It's, I felt listened. I felt heard. I felt safe. I could open up. I could be vulnerable. Um, which was really part of their healing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you so much, Tila. I really appreciate you sharing your expertise and knowledge. Um, thank you for having me on, Justine, to talk about this, really, because like we said at the beginning, it's not being talked about enough. So thank you for creating the space to do that. 
Yeah. 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 Well, I learned a lot and I'm sure people listening have learned a whole whack ton of just, uh, you know, key pieces to be aware of with their clients and, and just to know, right. I think oftentimes these more specialty areas are, you know, they're underserved. We're not aware of it. We're not asking about it. Um, when it, it, it is huge, right. The statistics on it show it, that it, it, it's happening to a lot of people. always um, finish our podcast always ends with some advice and it's advice for the world of therapists. So Tila, what would be your advice for, for the therapists of the world? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't think I knew that was coming. <laughs> it's a surprise question. <laughs> um, my best advice is to, I think it goes back to again, sit in the shit mm. and don't force yourself or the client to move from that mm-hmm. until they are ready. Right. And so don't be so focused on a treatment plan that you lose sight of the person sitting across from you. Yeah. 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 Stay centered on them and, and yeah, don't be scared to sit in in the dirty shit with them right (laughs) yeah oh that's awesome yeah yeah well yeah thank you so much Tila you know I think you've given us so much to think about and and so much to reflect on um where can people you've got an Instagram you know you've you've done a number of podcasts so where can people find information about you learn more about birth trauma and your your research on this yeah, so I have my private practice here in Edmonton and now Sherwood Park because they're opening a second location through Pine Integrated Health Center. Okay. So that is where you can find me in person. I do online as well. Um, I also have, yeah, the Instagram is at the T on birth trauma. My website, I'm so excited, is set to launch at the end of this month. And so that will be the tea on birth trauma.com, which, uh, so yeah, if you can't remember, just go back to my Instagram and you'll, you'll find it that way. And that's, I'm really excited for that because not only is it going to be a support, uh, and services for birth trauma survivors, but also for providers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there's, I've got exciting workshops coming up and webinars to help providers to know how to best support this community, but also to how, how to take really good care of themselves because those providers, I think that are inflicting some of that birth trauma on people is because they have vicarious trauma themselves. They've got mm-hmm. compassion fatigue, they've got burnout. And so I also want to give providers the tools to better take care of themselves so that we can decrease that 66%. Right. Um, but yeah, and you can find me on psychology today and my own podcast will hopefully come out soon. There's, there's a big obstacle that's in my way with that one. And it's a long story. Um, but yeah, that will hopefully come out this fall. Um, yeah. Okay. So lots of, like you said, future things going to be happening, but it seems like your Instagram is the place to go and, and just watch for those updates. And, um, I know I'll be waiting. I'll be, uh, <laughs> waiting for all that stuff for providers. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Justine. Yes. Yes.
And thank you everybody who is listening. Um, we appreciate you coming on and joining us for another podcast. You can find our Instagram at what the am I doing podcast and subscribe or follow us on these major podcasting platforms uh, to get notified of all of our future episodes. 